Welcome to Casa de Cambio. On this episode of Casa de Cambio, I am so delighted to be joined by Omozua Isiramen. Welcome, Omozua. I am happy to be here. Thank you very much, Natasha. How's your week going? How are things in Luxembourg? Well, now dry. <laughs> Get oh, that's dry. Good. I mean, you know, we had some floods and, and, and you know, some places are quite uh, affected, but so far good and the weather is popping up. So that's good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And I'm glad to hear things are nice and warm for you. I saw you uh, with your fan before. I was a little bit jealous because it's pretty cold <laughs> here in Melbourne at the moment. <laughs> We're happy to have some sun. And after those weeks and days, I mean, July has been literally a very wet month here yeah, in wow. Europe, um, this part of Europe. So, yeah. Wow. All right. Well, hopefully it's it's dry and sunny from here on in for you. Um, So today you're going to talk to our listeners about neuroagility, but before we get into that topic, there's a couple of questions I ask every guest who comes on to Casa de Cambio. And the first one is, what are you currently watching, reading or listening to? Um, At the moment, I'm reading two different uh, books. I'm not really watching anything in particular, which is worth mentioning now, but I'm reading The Three Laws of Performance. Um, and uh, this is just a very, very uh, transformational book, which helps you think about how you can live an uncumbered life. I like the word uncumbered. So that's one I'm reading. And then obviously I'm reading another one called Tribal Leadership. Fantastic book about just understanding, um, you know, how so how do you as an individual become a leader and what how do you form these tribes of leaders so those are the two books i'm enjoying sort of alternating between the two at the moment fantastic love to hear it um and what was the best career advice you ever received um the one that really pops out more among all the advices that i ever got was whatever you do, always know that emotions will always play a role in every decision and choice you make. Um, and I think that was very powerful for me because you know how sometimes you, you your parents kind of guide you into what they want you to do, mm-hmm. or maybe you fall into the family business, or you look at your friends and you make decisions of what you're going to spend your career doing based on what they're doing again emotions right there's this whole conversation going on how you feel about something how you think you will feel about something and um that has really been a very powerful um guide for me knowing that whatever i was doing whatever i will do my reactions or responses are affected by emotions and how you interpret them and how you deal with them and the message that you draw from them. So that has been a good one for me. Yeah, that's amazing because we do often maybe tell ourselves a bit of a lie when we think we're making objective decisions because there's like there's only so much objectivity you can have. And so I think that's a really good call out. And then we say things like go with your gut, which is really making an emotional-based decision. That's, so that's it. I think that's great to acknowledge and be aware of. And also yeah. it's not a bad thing to, you know, think about how does this make me feel or how will that make me feel because it should, why wouldn't it be part of it as well? Yeah, absolutely. 
Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that uh, advice and those book recommendations. I'll make sure that they're popped in the show notes so all the listeners can check them out. Um, but on to our topic for today, which is neuroagility. So we met over LinkedIn a few months ago now, and we had a really amazing um, virtual coffee catch up. And neuroagility was a new word for me. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, tell me what this is. So maybe if we start off for the listeners, um, can you tell them what is neuroagility? Yes. So um, there's a lot of talk about organizational agility, team agility. Um, these are absolutely fantastic because it's really talking about speed. And when we talk about neuroagility, this is really about your ability, a person's ability to think, learn, and process information with ease, speed, and flexibility. And it helps people to adapt, adjust, learn new skills, unlearn unwanted behavior fast, be flexible in moving across ideas and understandings in such a way that they are able to maximize the potential learning value of a given experience. And for the future, given that now people are being hired for jobs that do not even yet exist, your agility is one of the most sustainable ingredients needed in the future, and it will safeguard organizations and people's future progress. So I always say performance improvement cannot start at any other place than getting the most out of your brain. And that's really powerful because whatever it is you need to be able to adapt, to learn, to be resilient, to have courage, to activate your courage, where, what does it start with, if not with the brain? That's great. I love it. I, um, yeah, this has reminded me of a post I saw on LinkedIn by a woman I follow called Bridget Leishman, and she was talking about um, how you view your ability to earn money as an asset and what are you doing to grow that asset this in the same way that you would grow a share portfolio or a retirement fund or a property you know any type of investment and I feel like that's kind of related to that because yeah like your brain I mean that's where we get our ability to be successful in life to earn money to do all of those things so yeah what are we doing to what are we doing about improving our brain. I love that. So yeah. it, how is neuroagility different from emotional intelligence or EQ? That is a very, very intelligent, a very bright question because sometimes I'm asked like, well, is neuroagility, is that also like NLP? Um, are they related? NLP, neuroagility, they are both neuro, neuroscience, you know, constructs. So that relates them, but they do not focus on the same thing. Just like emotional intelligence is a, a very, very important desired skill. Um, the World um, Economic Forum um, always states, you know, they recently stated that, you know, what are the skills that are needed for the future of, of jobs, you know, and they predict that there will be an enormous change in the most desirable skills. So you've got all, you've got, the top 10 skills where five of them are brain power skills. So these are complex problem solving, critical thinking, 
creativity, cognitive flexibility, judgment and decision making. And then they say the next five are emotional intelligence skills. This people management, coordinating with others, emotional intelligence, service orientation and negotiation. So while neuro agility really focus on you knowing who you are, what's your neuro physiological design and how you can optimize that so that you will be able to unleash your potential and be more of who you are naturally. Emotional intelligence is, a, is, is multifaceted where it, fo it focuses on your, um, what I would say are your personal competences and your social competences, right? It is how you are able to relate well with yourself, like develop, have developed self-awareness, self-management, and then your social competences, having social awareness and having relationship management. So how you relate with others. And so you see that the focus is absolutely different. However, I must say for you to have emotional intelligence, for you to start working, because you would always start working with self-awareness and self-management, that also starts with the brain. So, yeah. you know, any emotional intelligence program intervention should start with the brain in mind which is also why like in the work that i do not only do i get the people clients to do the 360 degrees 12 competencies um emotional intelligence competencies uh profile but they also do the neuro agility because part of being able to work on your mindset, to process emotions, to have emotional agility starts with the brain. If you yep. do not understand how your brain serves you, how are you going to give somebody feedback? Yeah. How are you going to help them understand themselves? Yeah. How are you going to boost them and support them so that they really are not just doing what they are told, but that they are doing something that feels good from within for themselves on their terms, but also contributing to the mission of wherever it is they are operating. Yeah. 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 So it sounds like the two kind of go hand in hand almost like, and it sounds to me from what you're saying that you might not be able, you can't have one without the other. No, no, because part of, part of what, what, what you're doing with your neuro agility is really understanding for yourself how do i learn how do i process information where do i have a risk for a risk of human error but also how can i optimize my brain performance how can i use my intelligences in such a way that i have job satisfaction right how can you increase engagement and happiness this is connected to well-being mental health and we also say you cannot improve something that you have not yet measured at Neuralink. You can't yeah. improve what you have not yet measured. And I add, you can't work on what you have not accurately identified. Yes. So neuroagility really removes the guesswork because it validates learning agility it advances, it, it offers an inclusive approach to all global learning practices. Because if you're going to get people to learn, 
the mindset. They've also got to be open to learning. They've also got to see some purpose in it, mm. right? Mm. And that is so important. If you're going to work on mindset, you've got to talk about the brain. If you're going to talk about work on emotional intelligence, the first two uh, uh, aspects, self-awareness, what is that? That's you. Yeah. yeah. And it's not just knowing that, oh, I'm a, I'm a leader. What does that mean? Mm. What makes that actionable? That's what the neuroagility does not tell you you're a leader, but it tells you how are you wired and how does that impact how you are, why you do things the way yep. you do them, how you approach things, where you're just, you know, when I did my neuroagility profile and I realized, oh goodness, how do I use my brain? Um, you know, you've got the four quadrants of the brain and that part is the strategist. Yeah. And that part is the analyst. And that part is a counselor. And the, the you know, the, the back part here is the, is the doer. And I realized that we all go in a certain direction. We use all our brain. We're not just left brain or right brain. But yeah. there is a preference depending on the situation we find. I found out, wow, you're a strategist. And finally, I understood why there could be a communication breakdown if you were talking to a doer. A doer mm. wants to get things done. Come I'm a on. doer and I struggle with strategists. <laughs> no, you know, and I'm just like trying to like, I'm not having a, I'm not, I'm not in war with you. I, I hear what you're saying. I may not necessarily process everything you're saying, but I mean, it has to go both ways. A, a, a strategist needs to kind of understand that person's a doer and a doer needs to understand that's a, a strategy. So where are the limitations on how can we collaborate and, and, and just be what we are and doing what we are good at? Yep. Yep. I am. Um, oh, wow. So I've had an AI assessment done uh, a few years ago now. And I found it really, really helpful. And I feel like all of the stuff that you're saying, like I want to go and get a neuroagility assessment done now because I feel yes, like it would help yes. you even understand even more. Okay, yes, I'm like this. I know I'm like this. I know these are yes. my areas I need to work on as a leader, but why am I like this? And yes. then how can, yeah, oh, I love this. Oh, And how do you listen, Natasha? How do you, do you, do you listen? I'd like to think I do. <laughs> Well, because the, if you have, you know, given the insights that we do get from the neuroagility profile, if you have a left ear dominance, you listen to how things are said, emotions. If you have a right ear dominance, you listen to what is said. And now imagine if you are a manager, you've got to give feedback to people. You've got to know how you listen so that you mm. hear what you need to hear to help the person, but also knowing that about the person you're giving feedback, how do they listen? Yeah. Some people come out of a feedback session and they're so angry. Yeah. They're angry because of what they heard, whereas some people will come out oh angry, but not for the same reason. They are angry because of how they perceive something was said. Yes. It's not the same thing. I've had some feedback I, sessions where I've given someone like constructive feedback, but I've tried to do it in a way that's really nice and really friendly because I don't want to hurt their feelings. 
But then I later realized that the message didn't sink in at all because I was so like, like I was trying to be really nice about it. And I had a nice time and I, whoa, whoa, I'm just having a bit of a light bulb moment here. Yeah, and look at how that impacts, right? Look at how that then impacts. It's then emotional intelligence comes in because obviously the brain is doing what it's doing. It's either listening to what was said or how was said. And then with emotional intelligence, it's your self-awareness and your ability to self-manage, self-regulate emotional agility comes in here because you know i heard what i heard the way you said it how i feel that's the emotion and now what am i doing with that and based on how developed your skills are the great thing is that we can learn these skills people are not born with emotional intelligence Mm. i think that is a wonderful news yeah yeah Yeah, Nobody's well, born with emotional intelligence skills. It's a skill that we can all learn from where you are, yeah. with who you are. And I think that is very, very powerful. Is it harder to learn as an adult or the older you get, though? Because a lot of that AI stuff, it comes from, you know, your toddler phase and realising the world doesn't revolve around you, which is you growing into a child and then an adult. But if somebody, for whatever reason, didn't quite get there and, like, can they... Learn oh, yeah. it? Well, thank, yeah. thank, thank God that we can. We've got, you know, neuroplasticity. The <laughs> it's, it's a habit, isn't it? A way of being. And a way of being can always be changed. I like to use um, a, a, an example that my, my, my business partner likes to give when she explains how that works and why everybody can learn something, okay? And I, I, if you're a functioning being, you can. And the example is, imagine a field, okay? And on the other side of, the, you're here, and on the other side of the field, uh, you've got you've got uh, paradise, you know? There's a cocktail bar, looks like fun on the other side. You need to get there, right? It doesn't look like you can, you can either walk around, but that seems to be longer. You can go through the field. Now, if you look at the field, you're going to look at where do people walk? What path do they have there, right? That path, you will see that the grass is trodden. It's no more growing. It's flat. So Mm -hmm. you're going to walk on. That is a habit. Yeah. Think of that as a habit. Now, if you say, I want to change that, you start walking on a different part of the field, then that other part will have time to recover. It becomes a dormant habit and then mm-hmm. you now grow the new habit and that's literally what is happening so you may be a certain way because that's just what you learn that is how life occurred to you at a certain age but this is where self-awareness comes in because the moment you know something you've come to understand something about yourself but also you realize that well life occurs to me in a certain way, Mm. but you ask power questions to say, does that mean the, the, you know, the map, that map is, is the territory. The map is not the territory. That's just one aspect, but I can look at it from different aspects and then you can change it. If you did not know that you don't have self-awareness, self-esteem, self-confidence. I think the moment you become aware of this it's huge 
yeah you can you can work on it you're not alone but you yeah. can work on it there are many ways to get help to understand what does it exactly mean and it's not just learning it i also want to say you know it's not learning something and thinking take it's not like a it's not like your book list yeah take, yeah read it last week take read that two weeks ago no that's mm. not how emotional intelligence or neuro agility work it's something that you have to do literally all your life. It's, it's, yeah. you know, it's a habit. You keep, you need to keep on walking on that path, activating the habit so that you move from unconscious incompetence to unconscious competence. Yeah. You do it by default. You understand, yeah. you know yourself, you know, if somebody says something, okay, that's what she said, but I also will benefit from not listening only to what she said but also how she said it that combination is healthy yeah 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 well when i had my eq assessment done there were a couple of areas that i identified that i went okay these are some areas that i can work on and definitely can improve um, and then, you know, and it was around my leader. Well, I, I should probably just say what the exam, I don't know why I'm hiding it. So one of the things that happened that I, I, and I knew that I did this and it came up in the assessment and I went, yeah, I do do this and I need to do better is when I get really, really stressed. Sometimes I, you know, I'm acting stressed and people know I'm stressed and then that impacts other people. So I went, okay. And then like not long after that, I had a leadership position where I had a team reporting into me and it was so, it was an incredibly stressful project we were working on. So I was like, okay. And I, you know, <laughs> I, I knew that my team were really stressed and they were struggling yeah. with, you know, the expectations, the workload, a number of things. So I was like, I absolutely, and I was the same. I was like, I'm so stressed too. So sometimes one of my team members would be, you know, having a bit of a cry and I'd be like, you know, part of me felt like saying, oh my God, isn't it terrible? But I was like, I absolutely cannot pass this on to my team because it's just going to add to their stress. So I made a re like, I tried really, really hard uh, to make sure that I was always calm and I never, you know, acted in a way that could potentially stress them out more. And then at, towards the end, I was doing one of my team members' performance reviews, the annual performance review. And I don't can't remember how it came up, um, but I said, you know, this has been one of the most stressful roles I've ever done in my life. And my team member said, that makes me feel so much better because I just had no idea to hear that. And I was like, woohoo. <laughs> You know, yeah. it just felt oh, that, like a big that, achievement that my team of, and then, but then I felt like, well, maybe I should have shared a little bit more and said, you know, I'm struggling too, or just yeah. to ha yeah. like have some empathy because my team member had felt like, well, Tash is completely fine. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm going home every night and drinking a bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I love that, that you see, that's, that's just the whole self-awareness, self-management, because people who cannot self-manage people who can't self-regulate who do not have this skill yet or the skill is not developed enough to really understand that you impact those around you yeah so you whilst yeah and, and the things that you say yeah. and you do like people take note of that and it does impact yeah. them and sometimes it can make them feel bad or you know yeah yeah but it's even it's it goes beyond just feeling bad you know when someone feels bad what does that mean you've got you your your amygdala is just like going threat danger threat danger yeah. that's yeah. that's what we need to think of it's not just they feel bad let's let's get really let's dig deeper a brain that does not feel safe yeah 
does not produce and does not perform efficiently. Yeah, I read recently if you have something happen that triggers your amygdala and triggers that cortisol response, it can take your body 48 hours to actually recover from that and you get your cortisol. So if you think about like if that happens to you and it happens to us like multiple times We're a human. day. We're humans. Yeah. But the awareness that that is happening makes all the difference. You know, it doesn't have to be 48. That's not, it's not even the amount of time. I mean, some people snap back up faster than others, but it's the idea of just knowing what is happening right now, mm. paying attention and then responding. It's just the difference between, am I responding or am I reacting? There's stress, so I'm reacting, and because I'm reacting, because I feel pain, so I'm gonna shout at. Yeah. You see, just look at that picture, and then we make a a, a choice. Exercise yeah. the power of choice to say, how resourceful is my habit? Yeah. It's not about good or bad. It's about the fact that we are human, but that even as humans, we can exercise a power of choice. We can become. Yeah aware and when we become aware of something we do we get to say i want to be more resourceful that looks like what that's what it looks like when i'm reactive so what does it look like when i am responsive when i respond well one thing <sighs> another thing i do is if i'm again having a bad day and someone sends me an email that makes me go ah um i actually go you know what I'm going to sleep on it. And if tomorrow I'm still angry, then I will respond, but I'm not going to respond now while I'm annoyed because there's a risk that I'm going to fan the flames, look like a jerk um, or not do a good job. And so nine times out of 10, I don't even care. I don't want to respond. And then the, the one time that I do, my response is a lot more, it's a lot calmer <laughs> um, and it's a, it's better articulated. So that's another one that, um, because, you know, it's so easy to just hit reply all and be like, rah, 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 and, you know, type your angry and, and, and really all you need to do is maybe just stop working and go for a walk or like take some time to forget about, get about this minor transgression. Cause really, I mean, it's always a minor thing, right? That sets you off. It is. And, and also let's not, I mean, something that we don't learn as children is that when we feel something, we have the feeling you feel it all day long. Well, if you feel it all day long, it's because you've chosen to feel it all day long because naturally you feel an emotion for about, give it 90 seconds. I would say, come on, apply the 90 second rule, 90 seconds. And that feeling will dissipate. And then you'll be able to look at things differently. That's the reason why you should not write any email immediately you feel. Because when you yeah. feel, you feel. The brain is releasing cortisol. There's nothing you can do about that. But give it 90 seconds. Then that feeling, which we, you know, can feel as if you're being physically beaten, will dissipate. And then yeah. you can see things. You can breathe. You can calm down. Because as long as you're amygdala, which I like to call my inner mind chihuahua as long as it's barking i mean you cannot you know <laughs> there is no if your inner mind, inner if mind chihuahua inner mind, yeah if your inner mind chihuahua is like danger threat wolf wolf danger threat wolf wolf there's very little ways of being able to 
access your insights from your emotional brain, from the limbic system, and then also being able to think and discern what exactly am I facing here? Is the lizard really a dinosaur or is it just a lizard? You cannot do that when you are charged. Yes, yes. Um, another thing I do, like, let's say, for example, if I'm in a meeting and someone drops a bombshell and I'm just thinking, oh, my God, I do say, look, I try to ask some clarifying questions. Yes. One, to understand more, but it's really a bit of a trick to give myself time to process what the, what the hell I'm hearing. <laughs> Rather it's cause, Yeah, because in my head I'm like, what? But I'm like, oh, can you tell me what was the process, you know, you know, how, what was the thinking behind this idea and help me understand blah, blah, blah. But in my head, I'm like, oh my God. So I do that as well. And and sometimes if I'm really shocked, I say, oh, look, I just need a little bit of time to process that, which is also okay. Um, Another thing I wanted to ask you though, is we've talked, this has been a fantastic conversation, but coming back to a couple of things you said at the beginning, um, what are the benefits to people of working to improve their neuroagility? Like why should we undertake these sorts of exercises and try and get better at this sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The reason why that, the reason why neuroagility matters and why it's so important is that it's not just only for on an individual level or on an individual level to know that you're doing what you need to do to be to be fit to be able to react flexibly to adapt to adjust but imagine an organization an organization that wants to have its competitive maintain its competitive advantage to be able to adapt to the fast-paced world that we live in today you need agile people the last thing is you putting a very you know technology is there right you need people who are open to to using that so why this happens is because it's neuro agility serves as the point of departure in understanding how people learn it's suggest new ways to approaching reducing risk of of individual error it also is you know you can integrate this with talent selection talent development and performance improvement practices it also offers a higher return on investment on talent development and performance improvement initiatives because it's grounded in hard sciences what I like about the neuroagility is that it separates facts from fiction. You don't have to guess. I can see, you can see your profile and it's black on white telling you what is it that you need to understand? What is it about, about understand about your brain when it comes to um, your awareness of yourself, your growth, your learning, your development? And you're you, you having a competitive advantage because that's your responsibility. There is an exercise I would like to do with you. Oh yeah, I, I would love to. Let's go. So, so can you do that with me? Okay. So just for the listeners, we're clapping our hands and then touching our hands to one side of our nose and face, just so the listeners know ear. what's up. Nose oh, and ear. Nose and okay, ear. Okay. So can you that, do it again? See, I did like that. Yep. This hand went there to my nose. Yep. And the other goes there. 
Okay, I'm going to have to go back from the mic, yeah. Okay, and now the other way around, okay? So, Can't do it. that's it, okay? We want to be whole brain people. You want to be able to use your left and your right, okay? God, this is so hard and you're just doing it like it's uh, yeah, I remember the first time I was told to do that. I was doing exactly what you're doing. We need, in situations, we need to be able to use our left and brain hemisphere, not left or right. Yeah. Left and right, because the left, the left uh, uh, part of your, the left brain hemisphere is responsible for the right eye, the right ear, the right hand. So it's more clap there yeah then I... clap there okay oh. Oh. <laughs> so there are exercises not only do you get a profile but you get an action plan as to what you should be working on so that you can because that's your potential your potential lies in you being able to be left and right front and back because if your front brain that's expressive back it's receptive uh, but also being rational and also being emotional and i like you know when when you say emotional people think that's an insult you know the, the the you know the great thing about the brain is that everybody has a brain and every brain has a an emotional the emotional brain or limbic system it doesn't mean you're emotional no, it just means yeah. some people express it more than others. And that has more to do with emotional agility rather yeah. than being emotional, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. just one exercise. You know, I always go, I tell people like, if you try, if you try to do, if you try to do this, you know, so it goes five. Oh, that's hard. So you're holding up different amounts of fingers at each time. So I have to hold up five fingers on one hand and then four on the other and then three yes, on the other. Point. I have to point at the hand. Okay. Yeah, because you're pointing to. <laughs> okay. So I'm pointing to so you're, you're pointing at five. Yep. And now ah! three, two, one, five, four, three. I'm so slow. Two, I'm so one. slow. Wow. Yeah, sometimes you get muddled up, you know, but if you really just focus and you, you, you realize that it's important that what makes you be able to move that hand is using, you're using that brain and what enables you to move this hand is that you're using that part of the brain. You, we ha cannot be whole brained people yeah. if we don't know how to enhance and optimize. Love that. Love that. Um, another question I wanted to ask you is you've talked, uh, you've mentioned a couple of times about Neuroagility, meaning how people process information, how they learn. And um, I'm a change management consultant, so I help organizations manage change. And so a lot of the people who listen to the podcast are also change makers and people who lead change. So do you have any advice for people who lead and manage change on how neuroagility and awareness and understanding of neuroagility could help them better manage change? Neuroscience, thank God, has provided us today with insights that we did not have 10, 20 years ago. So we know for sure that the brain is the point of departure. Like anything that involves change, anything that involves the human 
approaching change, being open to change, embracing change, making it possible. I mean, you're not using machines, you're using um, uh, humans. Humans are involved in the process. And the greatest asset that we have to do that is the brain. Yeah. Hence, any intervention to facilitate it, in addition to other things that we're doing, should start with the brain. The brain resists change if it means I'm going to lose yeah. something. Yeah. And if, if a brain, and you've got many brains, think I'm losing something. I do not feel safe. I do not feel recognized. I do not find something fair. Yeah. Then the last thing you're going to get as an outcome of brains in that state is productivity or behavior change (laughs) and the change that you're aiming for Mm. so including my advice and in the work that i do with my business partner karen van hout at the systemic neuroscience academy and the neuro agility family worldwide now as we're expanding the use this tool is being used in factories mining factory, mining sector, um, uh, with athletes, with young children, with students in talent development, in anybody that wants to actually develop people, paradigm shifters should start with the brain. And that would be my advice because it makes what seems not tangible, tangible. And you can measure this because, you know, when you have an intervention, you start with a neuroagility profile, but then also the person after, I don't know, three months, six months, our results have seen that just three months is enough for the person to see something is different. We use this in an intervention team building. And it was interesting because everybody then saw, oh, okay, this is why I am the way I am. And Mm. it is okay yeah yeah it is absolutely okay because it's not a question of good or bad it's fine just that way that was very amazing to see how when we then brought the people together and then they were in the team and they could say oh my god you're a doer that's why you are the way you are yeah you're an analyst i now understand why we never why we sometimes clash yeah you know when we have a communication there's so many insights that come from that so neuroagility is an amazing powerful unique framework of its kind because it's not a psychometric test mm. Mm. but it works well with it's not a job fit test but it yeah. works with, well with yeah. it's not a personality test so because mm. people say yeah but isn't it the same no the like i said this really helps you to focus on the seven neurophysiological elements of how you're wired and how this contributes to the way you learn, the way you process information, the way you react under stress, where there is a risk of human error. And then we focus on the six drivers that help you to enhance those things. Yeah. So that you actually work as you cannot be a manager and then be only logical or, you know, Mm. rational. You, yeah, the brain has many parts and uh, think of a car, you know, the steering wheel is not the only thing that has to work smoothly. (laughs) You know, the the gas, you've got the gas, you've got oil, you need all those elements. 
So that's literally how I see approaching change. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, have the right formula and have the right ingredients that yeah. facilitates things. And it makes sure that then what your the outcome that you are aiming for, that it's long term and you can replicate this all the time because your brain is with you all the time. Yeah, that's great advice. And I love how, so through, you've been holding up your little model of a brain while you've been explaining things, which I absolutely adore. Um, And so before we wrap up, where can people find more of you? Um, Where can they get more info on neuroagility? And do you have any speaking gigs or engagements coming up? We have webinars coming up. So do watch out for that. Uh, We are sharing all of that on LinkedIn, where you can get the, um, you know, the links to join the webinars. We have different topics, obviously, with our topic being neuroagility for business, for leadership, for uh, stress, coping mechanisms, improving talent development and these things will be shown on uh, on linkedin so to connect with me i'm on linkedin um the website is www.systemicneuroscience.com and also we will soon be starting our new systemic neuroscience academy where we will really have workshops we are also the founders of the three to five brain system code which is all about Everything is possible, no matter the obstacle you are facing, you can do something. You can exercise your power of choice. You don't just need to be blocked. You can do something because this is not a static thing. Amazing. Amazing. And I've signed up to your mailing list as well. So I make sure all of those links are included in the show notes. So people know exactly where to go. Um, So you want to... To, to sort of get in touch with the, with the neuro, Systemic Neuroscience Academy, or you can also just simply go to www.omoswamyname.com. So it's so cool that you have your first name as your www. I saw that and went, oh, that's great. I'd love to have www.tash.com. Back in those times, I just thought like, oh, what's something they can remember? Well, <laughs> I say I am Omozua, yeah, omozua.com. And you also get information about neuroagility, brain-friendly leadership development programs, and again, the three to five brain system code, which uh, we use in workshops uh, and so many other things. Wonderful. And is there any uh, parting words of advice you'd like to give to the listeners before we wrap up? I'd say uh, we are on a mission. I'm on a mission um, to create a brain-friendly world because I believe that people should understand that it's their responsibility to be CEO of their brains, lives, business, and their relationships. And when judgment and evaluation leaves a room, understanding and possibilities become available. So make the brain a priority. I know that traditional ways have worked, but we are now in the millennium of the mind. It's fast paced, it's the fourth industrial revolution. Disruption is here to stay. And the new language is capability. And the good thing is that you can learn the things that you need to thrive, to do well, and to have maintain a relevance in the world and what is to come. 
That's amazing. That's so good. Thank you so much. So Amozua, it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast. I think it's a great episode and I can't wait to share it with the listeners. So thank you so much for joining us on Casa de Cambio. Thank you very much. I'm happy to have been here. Thank you.